Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be your host today. Um, I'm actually flying solo. We have no big old meathead Andrew Matrone in the studio. Uh, we got no Whitney Best talking about all of her weird farm animals that she's collecting out in Littleton, Colorado. Guys, you got me, but not just me, actually. Uh, that was a lie. We have the one, the only George Towers in the studio. <laughs> you pushed the button too. I like that. Oh, yeah. Our live studio okay. audience. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I got to say, I am actually the third. George, George Towers the Lee third. George Towers the third. So okay. that was way to start off with a lie there. <laughs> I am actually one of three that is, that's still walking the earth. George Towers is a good name to do that with. Yeah, but it's you got to cut it off. I think you got to cut it off at three. I mean, I have two little boys, but it's like, do you keep going? I don't if know. You go, if you go to the fourth, then the fourth has no off ramp. Now no. you got to keep going. You got to go. Who are we? We're not kings. Yeah. How many Roman numerals can you, you get? You got to stop. Three's a nice round number. You it know, is. You know, to stop it. So yeah, It is. George, <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm fantastic, You doing man. good? Be- sitting here with you is the highlight of my week oh, so man. far. It is Monday. It is Monday. So there's a it lot of Monday. room to improve. It could change, but yeah. it's, it's feeling great so far. <laughs> That's awesome. Me. Dude, we love having you. For those of you um, who might not be familiar with George, uh, pastor at Denver United, um, he recently just came to Young Adults uh, a couple weeks ago um, and preached one of the coolest messages I've ever heard. Dang. I'll be honest, when I saw the puppets on a stick, um, yeah, I was like, okay, maybe I don't. This might be the last time we have this guy. I don't know where he's <laughs> going. Where with it. Gonna go here? <laughs> yeah, just wait it out. And yeah. I don't think we even talked about him for like the first ten minutes. So no, they were just, just up just there, there. staring is, at you. How are the, yeah, a little bit distracting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but dude, you're a friend. We we've had you out uh, before, and then. Um, back when Doug was a part of YA, I know you and Doug are pretty close. Yeah, you've been down to Austin. Totally, actually. man. Yeah. So when I when I started at Denver United, it's almost almost four years ago now. Um, I think I told this story when I was with you guys the other other week, but um, they brought me there to say, "Hey, can you help us start a young adult ministry?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." That's awesome. And then I'm like, "I have no idea how to do that." Yeah, none so of like, us really. Yeah, do. bro. So my first <laughs> week, I came uh, here uh, to a YA service by myself and was just like my mind exploded to see what That's you guys cool. were doing. And it was amazing. And I remember that first night, like I, it was over and I was going to leave. And I was just like, I just saw a group somewhere talking and yeah. I was like, ah, all right, fine. I'll go say what's up. And went over and met uh, Ethan and uh Sorry, Doug. sorry that you had to meet Ethan. You know, it, but you got perseverance. <laughs> Life can't be good all the time. Yeah. But no, got to meet those guys and got connected with Doug and Jesse and all. And ever since yeah. then, I've just been a, a, a huge fan Cool. Um, and admire what you guys are doing. Uh, just, just one of the best ministries I've ever seen and been thanks, a part of. Thanks, so Y'all are. We y'all appreciate are the best. it. We we're making it up as we go. It's but, all good. Doing a great job. Yeah. Thanks, man. Well, hey, let the people know. Like like you said, um, you you are a young adults pastor at, at Denver United. Give us a little bit of that that history and where you're at right now with that. Totally, man. I a uh, little bit about me. I went to college a long time ago. Graduated in 2009 with a finance degree. Okay. My plan was to you know. Uh, go to New York and trade 
corn futures <laughs> and make like $10 billion by the hey, time I was 30. That sounds like a great Realistic plan. expectations. Yeah, yeah. And then I took a hard left turn out of college and went right into working for a church and there have been go. in ministry ever since then. So that was, and what was that? Like 12 years ago? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, was at a great church for nine years and then recently just transitioned to Denver United to help, uh, like I said, begin a young adult ministry, um, took leadership over our like local outreach and stuff that we were doing in the That's city. Cool. And um, just other, you know, church. When you're in church, yeah, yeah. man, you do, you know. You do you just, church. You do whatever. You yeah, do whatever yeah. needs to be done. But man, I've just, I, I've been a church kid my whole life. My like first memory I can really remember is like running down the aisle at, at the church I was at, at like four years old, going yeah. to kids ministry. Like, so I've just always grown up in it, which That's cool. I would say is good, but maybe a little bit bad too. Like I feel oh, like there's yeah. a lot to unlearn and oh, a lot to 100%. question. So a lot of that's just my my jam, bro. Like I can be to a fault, like totally a weakness of mine, just a contrarian by nature. <laughs> like I'm going to argue with, like if we have a conversation, I'll argue with you. And then when I go tell my wife about our conversation, I'll take the side you had and nice. then I'll be arguing with her. Nice. I just love to like rethink, to to question, to, are you, to push. Yeah. Are you an Enneagram 8? So I'm not. Oh, wow. I'm an Enneagram 9, which oh, means wow. that like on the surface, I'm like, I want everything to be cool. Yeah. But in the back of my head, I'm I'm disagreeing with everything you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> just, nice. I'm never going to tell you about it. That's good to know no, no, going no, no, into no. the I'm podcast. Just, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm definitely that. Is that that? Is, would it be the wing eight? Is that how you would yeah, say it? Yeah, I think Probably so. Probably that. I, I love the challenge, but I'm not like, you know, I want to be, I want to get along. I yeah, really yeah. want you to like me. That's okay. my goal here. Okay today. Nice, nice. Uh, just knowing that you're going to disagree with everything I say already. <laughs> Way to start that Set, off. Us up Way to for start success. that off, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. Well, George, I we I, I was messaging George. We wanted to bring him out on the podcast. Um, and I was like, hey, what what's on your heart? Whenever we do interviews, like we love to just give our guests opportunities to speak and share what's on, our, on his heart. And luckily, um, he his heart just perfectly aligns with what this podcast is all about. He was like, being a young adult pastor, I think we all know this, um, and any of you walking through your 20s right now, is there are a lot of obstacles um, in our way when it comes to not just following Jesus, but but even like a step further believing in Jesus. Like our coworkers, our friends, our family, everybody has that one guy or girl that um, is adamantly opposed to what we believe. And then honestly, 99% of the rest of the people we know just don't seem to care right? Yeah, totally. about what we believe. And so he was like, hey, I, I really like kind of want to talk about obstacles to our faith. And I think that's perfect because for you listening, you probably can relate to this. I know myself before I became a pastor, I worked kind of in the restaurant industry and in the fitness industry. I think that's so relevant because not only do most people think that following Jesus is a little weird, but most people just don't care. And you were talking about that <laughs> before. So yeah, we live in a world that just kind of doesn't care about it. Yeah, a little I bit. think sometimes we give ourselves maybe too much credit. You know, it's like, oh, the world is against you. And it's like, I don't know if they are a lot. Sometimes they're just like, <laughs> yeah. nah, we good, bro. Like we don't, we don't hate you. We just don't care. But I mean, yeah, I, I think all of us have had some sort of experience like that, right? We're like yeah. people we work with or people we know, family members, whatever, um, that just, there's very few people in our culture that are unfamiliar with Jesus or what we're all talking about. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're tucked away in the Himalayan hills somewhere 
trying to bring the message for the first time. And they're like, yeah, who's Jesus? Yeah. I've never heard of him. Tell him, tell me about him. So everyone kind of knows, but you ever just think about like, we have these massive churches, like, like a mega church, you know, in our days, maybe like what, what, what would you say? 10,000 people? If you yeah, got 10,000 yeah. people, it's like, that church is huge. Yeah. But like, you're in a city with like 3 million people. Yeah. It's so like not even a fraction. Most people are not there, yeah. even though this room <laughs> yeah. feels really full. It's yeah, like yeah. most people are just driving right by. And then when you get like down to it and talk to them or ask them, most people have a story. Most people are familiar um, uh, with with Christianity, with the message of Jesus. And then they'll go on to tell you why they they don't care or why they walked away. Yeah. And I, I think I heard Andy Stanley say this a number of years ago, and it just really resonated with me. And maybe it's what started me kind of on this train of thinking of like most people that aren't Christians or, or walked away did so for reasons that have nothing to do with Christianity. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, and then I, as I heard that and started thinking back and then, you know, moving forward with that in my mind as well, I'm like, that's totally what happens. Like people are like, Jesus, yeah, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm not against anything Jesus says. He's a great guy. Great guy. Like, love your neighbor. Be kind to those that persecute you. If someone asks for your shirt, give them your, like, give them your coat too. Like, who's (laughs) anti that guy? Yeah, yeah. The guy who's anti that guy, I'm anti that guy. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, who's who's against loving your enemies and being kind to every single person without any strings attached? Um, But so they would say, hey, I'm not against Jesus or being like Jesus. But- before I, like, I'll pause right there. That's what Christianity kind of is. Yeah, ser- seriously, <laughs> like, though. I, I, get, I could be wrong here. I think the word Christian means, like, little Christ yeah. or like <laughs> yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the whole idea of, like, well, I'm not against being like Jesus. That's what Christianity yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's the point. At, at, a, at a really deep level. But then they were going to explain a lot of other things, you know, like, well, you know, I just, you know, the Bible contradicts itself too many times and, um, you know, we're told that it's the inerrant word of God and it can never have mistakes. And then so I read this and then I read this and now I couldn't squ- And then they're just like, so I just walked away. Yeah. Um, or they had a bad experience with Christians who said one thing and beat them over the head with with uh, um, a really strict way to live. And then they were doing something completely different on the back end. And they were like, yeah. you know what, I'm good. And all those things are valid. Yeah. Like really, really meaningful things. But the more you kind of dove into it, it's like, man, I think people are leaving faith for, for reasons that don't have anything to do with Christianity. Yeah. And it just makes me think like, all right, well, what do we do about that? Or how do we how do we engage people with the with that in the back of our mind? You know? Yeah, dude, I think that's so awesome. And so, um, yeah, to kind of quote you uh, earlier, as, <laughs> as, we, as we were kind of talking this over, you said most people don't walk away from Jesus because of Jesus. It's because of all the other things. And I think if you're sitting in an office cubicle or you are in your car on your way to work, you're kind of like, yeah, man, like kind of like what you were saying, my, my coworker, my friend, my family, whoever, the idea of the person of Jesus is not to, to most people super offensive. Yeah. Maybe, maybe to some people, but, sure. but, but to 95% of the people you talk to, like you said, loving your neighbor, being kind, being generous, um, serving others. Yeah. That, that sounds like a really awesome way to live. Totally. It's the other things that yeah. come along with Christianity. So, some that are valid and some that might just be traditions or things that have been tacked on yeah. that don't really hold any weight or significance into following Jesus. And I think that's a little bit about what we want to talk about today is how is you as a young adult going into your office, going to engage with your friends, 
how do you talk about or engage with or even recognize the realities of these obstacles of our faith? Mm-hmm. And so I think sort of the elephant in the room, the biggest one Uh-oh. that everybody don't say it. Yeah, will bring up is I love Jesus, but the Bible is just Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the things in the Old Testament where they're killing animals or you know, just all that that random stuff. So Yo, okay, so I want to say something. Now I'm gonna quote someone. So okay. if you disagree, don't disagree with me. It's yeah. not me. Okay. This is the I, lo- I think it was like five years ago, four or five years ago, my guy. I met him one time, so I can call him my guy. There, there you know what I'm go. saying? Name yeah. drop. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know this person. Andy Stanley did a series called Who Needs God? And as a part of that, he was talking about how the foundation of Christianity, where, where, when did Christianity begin? Well, it began uh, really right after the season we just celebrated a couple of weeks ago where Jesus was crucified. They put him over there. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, they're like, yo, that dude's back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And then... Like that was when it started. And so his point was the foundation of Christianity is an event. That's when it began. Yeah. So he said something that was, I got to just say it. I'm coughing right now because I played basketball yesterday (laughs) for the first time in like a year. Yeah. And this is that out of shape old man, 34 year old (laughs) cough who hasn't been working his body. Okay. So I just got to say that for anyone listening, like, does this fool have COVID in the (laughs) studio? No, this is a fitness, a lack of fitness cough. Yeah. And for, for those of you that aren't in your 30s it's yet, good. just wait. It's real. Keep waking up. It's real. I literally, I was telling him, I, pl- I played ball like a week ago, went up for a layup and pulled my back or like my back tightened. <laughs> yeah, and I just I, heard that. No, oh. Yeah. And you're just like, wait, those are, that's what happens to guys walking around with canes. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. You're wrong. It happens when you're 30. Yo, my grandfather, George, George Tower Sr. said it. Just keep waking up. Keep waking up and it, it'll be you too. Okay, let's hop back in. So he said the foundation of Christianity, this was the controversial part. He said, is not the Bible. Yeah. That's not the thing that's at the bottom of this thing. And here's why. Because there were a lot of Christians before what we call the New Testament was even written. Yeah. Like the day Jesus resurrected and they started telling people, Christianity started right then. So no one at the beginning could say, well, hey, you know, Romans 10 says... Because Paul hadn't, he was living Romans 10 yeah. and then hadn't written it yet. Yeah, yeah. So we then take all of these things. Um, and no one became a Christian because they could completely square up the Old Testament and say, well, hey, you know, that whole thing with the creation account of there being two, you know, there's Genesis 1 and Genesis yeah, yeah. 2. I don't really know. So before, yeah, Jesus, I see you over there. Yeah, the guy that was dead a second ago. But until I get this squared up, until I figure out how they got all the animals on the ark and if there could have <laughs> yeah. actually been a worldwide flood. Let me figure that out before. No, they started following him right then. Yeah. So we have so many people and stuff I've struggled with. Old Testament, new, all, all of the above as things that serve as off ramps off the Christian highway when they're not even foundational issues by yeah. just by by definition. Yeah. Um, so. That's the part that's just interesting to me is I, I've talked to, man, so have you, so many people who, yeah, for example, let's just go through some of them, right? You got the I, I, the first one I can remember in like in middle school was just like the big like creation versus science debate. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, of course. Well, it's like, well, hey, here's what it says. The you know, Bible says six days and you rested on yeah. the seventh. So that's just what it is. Yeah, And then yeah. you went to science class and they're like, guys, um, we don't think that's what 
it was. And then it, you felt this terror in your soul. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God. What do I do now? And then you're like, my teacher is a heretic, heretic Satan and now, worshiper. And now what do I do? Now your mom's <laughs> writing letters to the school. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just lit. And uh, so you got you got creation. And then you got contradictions. Yeah. I, I was told my entire life um, that the Bible does not contradict itself. It's always squared up. And then you're just like, I don't think that's, I want that to be true. Like, I, I'm not an anti that idea, but if you just read it sometimes, yeah, you know, um, going to creation, man, that, that was one of them that I heard people that would, that would kind of buck back or give you some, some reasons why they don't agree. And they were like, well, hey man, like, did you know in your Bible on the first page, there's a contradiction. It's, they give two creation accounts with yeah. different orders right off the bat. And it's like, well, what do you do with that? Yeah. And then if you're if you were given this view of like I have to defend every single thing in here and make it make sense, you're sort of like, ugh. And now will the Jesus really rise from the dead if that's the and then it just can start to unravel. Um so I remember like I went through a phase of we were talking about this earlier, uh, of feeling this tension and I was like, I have to be able to like fix yes. these problems. Yeah. So I went like deep. You will be the one that solves yeah. all of Christian's I've got, issues. If you got a question, I got you. <laughs> yeah. Okay? And yeah. then I went deep into the like apologetics deep the into rabbit the rabbit trail. Like yes. I was watching every video trying to explain away every single contradiction or what about that or when this person said this about women in the Old Testament yeah. and I would and you try to you try to make it make sense well the cultural yeah. context of that would have been you know what I mean you give an answer yeah. and and the word apologetics if you're not familiar with it I think it comes from like a Greek word that's like apologia which means like to give a defense yeah. so you're I went man I was all the way in like all the way in on all these apologetics <laughs> videos and watching debates between the Christian guy and the atheist guy yeah. and watching who would win and give the better answer. And you but, slowly realize that your friend group is getting smaller right? and smaller because like no nobody wants to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. People don't like me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but I think it came from a good place of like, I'm trying, I see the obstacles that people are Absolutely. facing. So I want to yeah. try to be a part of like moving them. Like yeah. my goal was to remove the op- the apparent obstacle, the illusion of the obstacle and yeah. say it's not really there and here's why. And then I think I didn't have this epiphany until recently, you know, a few years ago of like, I think what defending my faith did was just make me defensive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's good. That's like, good though. It closed me off and made it feel like I was having to like defend everything. And it makes you defensive. And no one, like you said, no one wants to be around defensive guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what's crazy is that so many Christians, I, I swear on my life, I, I, I'll i write a book about this one day, go, let's the, go. like the phases of Christianity. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you first, when you first become a Christian, it's like, you know, like everything is wonderful. You're full of awe. Then you, you kind of confront some of those obstacles. So you, you become like the researcher, yep. the, the defender, the attorney. Then even if it's for a week, everybody has this Calvinist phase for some reason. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> then you question everything and then you're back to like, okay, I think God's good. I think there's a reality where I'm not going to understand there you go. everything yep, yep. and I can live. I can kind of live of Christianity. the phases of Christianity. What's that image of the, like with a per, the, the ape or whatever turning into the person? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, the, like the evolutionary Whatever that chart. is. Like, that's yeah. what I saw when you said that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to be demeaning. I'm probably somewhere still in the apish phase. There. Yeah. But yeah. New Christian, you're like standing in awe. You turn into 
like Calvin, and then you turn <laughs> into like a normal person. That's so good. Yeah. I can't wait for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but what you're saying about being defensive is like when when you look to try to have all the answers, like that wasn't even Jesus's posture. Like Let's you know what I mean? Go. Like Jesus was living in the reality that he knew of of the truth. He's the Son of God. He's God in the flesh, and you would think. God in the flesh has the ability to correct every misunderstanding, every yeah. wrong. And we understand there are moments like when he when he rose from the dead, he meets the people on the uh the road and it says that he the road. Like yeah, yeah. I, I'm, the road a, I'm a Bible him. teacher. Yes, yeah, the there, there you go. Come on, Pastor. The road. Yeah. Um and it says that he goes to the entire Old Testament and talks yeah. about how it leads up to them. There were moments where Jesus did that. Totally. But we get in this mindset, this idea that to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus in our workplace, in our family, that has to be our posture 20. We are the defenders of the faith yep. and like the answers of every question. And Jesus was so present and his life was about living out and showing people the reality totally. more than defending and explaining the reality. And yeah. I think that that's, that can be... It, it might seem like such a small, minor difference, but I think it's it's the difference of people being interested in your faith mm. and people kind of being disinterested totally. in your faith. I mean, we bit. were just talking about this a few weeks ago at our church and how Jesus, someone, uh, you know, counted up all the questions that he asked in his life and in, in in, throughout the Gospels. And there was a 40 to 1 ratio of he for every answer or proclamation that Jesus gave, he asked 40 questions. Oh, wow. And it was like, so if you had a conversation with Jesus, the odds were 40 to 1. He was probably going to ask you something, then tell you something. And even a lot of the times where he would say things, like like those proclamation moments yeah. that you were just talking about. You know, remember when he would just be like, he that has ears to hear, <laughs> yeah, let yeah. him hear. Like, here if you got it or didn't get it, he kind of was like, whatever, yeah. I'm going to be over here. <laughs> yeah. And they couldn't even find it. Like, have you seen Jesus? Yeah. And he walked off somewhere. I've always wondered how it'd be like people are trying to kill him and then it's like Jesus ducked out. And right. it's like how you ever read he... those where it's like they 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 cornered him but he he somehow ducked out. <laughs> he was quick. <laughs> yeah. He, quick he, he, he played basketball but quick didn't feet. cough after. He didn't cough yeah. afterwards. His lungs were in good shape. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. So yeah, man, like I, I totally agree with you. I was deep into that early stage of like let's defend it, let's give. And I think Again, all this is a journey. We're all where we are. And uh, I should have said this at the beginning. Anytime I talk about any of these things, I mean, we're, we're talking about the infinite here. Yeah. Or we're claiming to. Yeah. Um, and it just find, it, it always baffles me how people, when claiming to talk about an infinite God whose ways are higher than our ways and thoughts are higher than our thoughts, how yeah. they got it all figured out, though. Yeah. Like they've got their arms all the way around the thing that's infinite. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <clears throat> I always like to start by saying, much, if not all, of what I'm saying right now into this mic is probably wrong on <laughs> at least one level. Or at least needs a little tweaking. Totally. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah at some point. I mean, I'm, com I'm comfortable with that. I mean, so, that's everything that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. where I'm at now, man, is instead of trying to, like, defend everything and 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 men in black, the flashy thingy yeah, away. Yeah, what, what is that called? The the, the memory eraser thing. The flashy thing. That's, yeah. what, that's what Will Smith called it, right? The flashy thing. Did it so. have a name? I have no idea. I don't think it had a name. It, you just flashed somebody. But it seemed like what I wanted to like do. that. But. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like flashy thing you and then make your obstacles go away with my answers. Yeah. Now I'm like, you know what? They're there. Uh-huh. 
and just embracing it like full on that, yeah, like, well, the Bible contradicts itself. Totally. Yeah. Like, I think that's there. Um, what, what do you do with all the, the violence in the Old Testament? Like, it's you're like, yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't try to explain that away. Yeah. Um, or just do the Jedi mind trick thing and, and try to say, well, you know, well, in the Old Testament, you know, what I mean, it's just yeah, like, well, yeah. so God didn't care in the Old Testament. He was like totally cool with stabbing people. <laughs> yeah. But now he's nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So just <clears throat> and that's not to say that there isn't a way to explain that or to dive into it. But I think that was the fundamental shift that I've tried to make is to not uh, explain them away, but to enter the tension and to live in the tension. Yeah. And that's the harder thing, right? Like imagine like a seesaw. I remember as a kid, you would be on that. Yeah. And it's always easier to go to, if you were, imagine like standing on the fulcrum, right? Yeah. And it's, it's easier to just go to one side uh-huh. and be way out of balance. Yeah. But at least it's comfortable. Yeah. I don't have to work as hard. Yeah. But what's tough is to stand in the middle and like, ah, and feel that weight going both ways. I think that's where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And I realized, I think that early phase of dealing with obstacles and questions was trying to just be comfortable. Yeah and explain it away. And now I'm more just like, bro, I don't know. Like, yeah. let's talk about it, but let's not explain it away. Let's let's live in the tension a little bit. Yeah, and here's what I love about Scripture and I love about the Bible is that I think, man, I, I don't know why I've been on this deep dive study, like Bible Project. There's a guy oh, named man. Tim Mackey. Tim who, Mackey's a monster. Dude, I listen to, he has like this this archived YouTube channel. Yep. I might be I've, of, seen it. I've been on it. Yeah, I've I might be of like one of 10 subscribers still left. Who knows? But ask my wife, I'm literally like making dinner. I'm like doing anything. I'm watching Tim Mackey and I'm just, she's like, dude, chill out with with this guy a little Come bit. Come on, get off Tim Mackey. Right? Yeah. But for any of you that are, are wrestling with scripture or, um, yeah, like maybe like the story, the narrative of the Bible, I, there's resources out there totally. for you to wrestle. But one thing that I'm learning is that the brilliance of oh, scripture, yes. not only does it reveal who Jesus is and point to Jesus and culminate in the person of Jesus. But it's it's a it's a book written to wrestle with for your life. Gosh. It's not just a read through, okay, I get it. Okay, can I say something else? Yeah. Am I allowed to be honest on the podcast? You're allowed you want to be... me to should we edit this out? No. <laughs> no. One of the phrases I'm trying to stop using, and then I'll kind of like push back against if I hear people say it, is the the quote, simple reading of scripture. You ever yeah. someone say that? It was just like it was just a plain reading of scripture. I'm like, there's no such there's thing. There's no such thing. If there was, I don't think we'd be talking about this thousands of years later. Like yeah. you said, the brilliance of of the way these were put together, the gaps that are there where it forces you to read in between the lines and yeah, to yeah. interpret and to think and to challenge and to question. Like this was the way of the rabbis back then. They would get together and just discuss and yeah. argue and say, well, what about this? What about this? And what about this? And it's like that. That's the tension that we're invited to that we want to explain away. Yeah. Uh, maybe in our society of just making things clear and, and simple. But like, bro, I'm like, that's, I kind of reject that. I think there's, I mean, even with even with Jesus when he was tempted, man, even when Jesus, when he was tempted, he quoted scripture. Remember, the devil quoted scripture to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Simple yeah. reading, simple reading. Hey, just throw yourself off and. Yeah, scripture says the angels will come. He's like, yeah, but it also says this. Yeah, it's like so for every simple reading you can give me, I can probably pull something else that it also says that. Yeah. So what do you do? And for some people, they hear, they feel that. I was that way for a while. Feel that tension, and I disengage. Yeah. 
But I think that's the doorway in, right? To that engagement. Should, to yeah. engage it. Like, well, it says this, and it says this. Jesus was really nice sometimes, like super nice, like helping the poor and the crippled and the lame, or any, or he would call you a fox. <laughs> Go tell that fox what I said. You yeah, know, or, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. or make a whip. Make a whip. You know how <laughs> mad you gotta be to to form to a whip. Make a whip. <laughs> yeah. Like that takes time. You <laughs> yeah. gotta keep the anger. You're stewing on it. You gotta for a keep minute. that anger. That and then he made a whip and started like clearing people out. So even even me, this is me contradicting myself when I'm like, let's just be like Jesus. Like, okay, well, like which one? With Jesus, <laughs> yeah. the one with the whip. Yeah, the yeah. one that was calling people like kind of derogatory terms when they were treating people wrong, or the one that was like, love your enemies. Like yeah. these things are brilliant like the it's brilliant and all of these things man i would say have made me love the bible even more yeah like it hasn't it hasn't driven me away from it with yeah. the, the tension and the contradictions and the whatever it's like i think it's beautiful yeah and it's almost brought me closer in, in a lot of ways this might be my 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 soapbox for a second Dude, get but on it. i i love scripture so much um and i think it's because as a 32 year old who went to bible college I feel like for the first time in my life, I'm seeing the Bible on its own terms. I'm I'm seeing the story, the greater narrative, mm-hmm. the thirty thousand foot view, and then the stories within the story that lead up to the point and the, and the story and the revelation of not just who God is, but who we are as a people. I, I man, I love it, and I think just to summarize yeah, yeah. all this all this up about the Bible, you are invited not to learn and understand necessarily, or let me say that you're invited not to arrive, Hmm. but to journey with scripture, your entire walk with God until it culminates in the new heaven and the new earth and seeing Jesus face to face. Come on. So if your goal as a Christian or your goal as somebody right now driving to your office and you've got that coworker that's like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Kind of like what you said, if you, if you have gotten to a place where you've arrived in your faith, I think you're just maybe at the first level of understanding the story. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a brilliant work of art revealing God, both like human and man or human and God somehow like creating this story that invites you deeper and deeper and deeper every season of your life. And so Sorry, I brought up Tim Mackey a minute ago just to say like if you're even looking for a place to start. Start there. That's a great Bible project. Nerd out with me. Be the 11th subscriber to the Tim Mackey archives. <laughs> yeah, no, he's awesome. He probably has like millions of subscribers. But, but man, an obstacle a lot of times is scripture. Um, Can we do another one? Oh, do I, we have time? Oh, we're going to dive into a few more yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But we just want to say we want to acknowledge that that can be an obstacle. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that there are answers. But I think even... Deeper than finding answers is the invitation to wrestle with who and God is. And the answer that's there may not be the answer you want it to be. Yeah. It may not be clean and cookie cutter and resolve your tension. It might actually create more. Yeah. Because we're dealing which with is humanity. is the invitation that, yeah, yeah. Into, the, into the journey. We're dealing with the sinfulness of humanity and, and the redemption that only comes through Jesus. And I think that's the story the Bible tells. Anyway, moving on. I could I could talk about that for a year. I know, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, another obstacle maybe as you're driving to work and you're like, man, I have this coworker um, and, and you brought this up and I think it's brilliant because this is so many of our stories. This is, I mean, 
my story whenever I enter into like a, a dark season and maybe questioning my faith or like, am I making this all up or what? Totally. whatever is, we experience things in life that don't line up with what we perceive to be what should happen. Mm. A big obstacle to following Jesus is, I love what Jesus teaches. I love his morals. I love, you know, who he says we can even become if we believe and follow him. But how come so much of my life that I've experienced so far doesn't line up with either who God says I I am or should be or what he says he wants from this world or humanity? So how do we even start to tackle that? (laughs) Easy. No, (laughs) Yeah, got it. Um, Man, I, yeah, I, I think one of the things I grew up hearing, and you know, I grew up in more charismatic church environments, but I'm sure people said it everywhere, was sort of like there's the the there's the facts and then the truth, right? You know, yeah. so there's almost like regardless of what happens in your life, you can't let your circumstances dictate or change or shape or influence your beliefs. And I I totally understand that. Like I know what we're going for there of like, you know. Um, <laughs> being faithful and and anchoring into something deeper than what's on the surface. Like I'm I'm all for all of those things. But I think to a certain degree our faith is going to be modified by our experiences. <clears throat> and it should be. Yeah. Um if you this is you know I, like I said in that charismatic environment like it was all like I was prosperity gospel like to the to the hype, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I, like, not, I'm not gonna lie, I I got a Creflo dollar book for you know what Christmas I'm saying? I'm one all time. Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like, yo, I want to believe it. Like, yeah, sign me up, bro. Yeah, like, sign me up for the. If you give, I've been in so many of those services. Like, I'm on the drums in the service, and the pastor <laughs> is like, "Hey, I feel that there's ten people that are gonna give twenty five hundred dollars right now. Yeah, come, come to the front, give. And oh. if you do, God's gonna bless you. All those things. I'm like, dude, I want to do it. Like I want that to be true. Yeah, yeah. I want to give this money and get a hundredfold. Yeah. And like that's and if, that's the best return on your investment best, you could if ever that's do. That's true. Yeah. If that's true, UBS, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, yeah. y'all are cooked. <laughs> yeah. The church would be the most yeah, like yeah. lucrative investment vehicle yeah. that existed, right? It, but like absolutely. so if you believe that and then you give it and then you don't get that return, yeah. I think you should stop believing that as a like constant as something that is always true yeah because experience told you that oh that's not how this works now at a more deeper level or something that's more maybe closer to the heart um you know if you're given the 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 viewpoint of faith that like hey if we pray for people and you have enough faith they're going to be healed from all their sicknesses and diseases like that's who god is god we serve a god who if i ask this god to do something or to heal this sick person that they're going to do it that works. It works. Yeah. I've I, and again, man, I've seen too much to say that that's not like Real. a thing. Yeah. But I've also seen it not work. Uh huh. I've seen people pray for people to get healed and then they don't. Yeah. They get worse. Yeah. And they die. Yeah. Right. So, um, I think your faith should be influenced by your experience, and that doesn't mean you walk away. But if you were given a reality of like, oh, well, if you're good. If you are holy, if you are faithful in your giving, if you serve your church, then these things will happen in your life. I I just don't think that's true. Yeah. Like, 
if that was the case, then the only happy people or people with good things happening in their life would be people who give to churches and that serve yeah. on the greeter team. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, other people yeah. have like really good lives too. Yeah. And then sometimes the best people have the worst things happen to them. And for me, that was a struggle, man. Like I had to realize that a lot of what I was doing when with religion and with Christianity was trying to control my life. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so huge, that word control. Because, I mean, like you said, the book of Ecclesiastes, the book of Job, amazing people, terrible situations. Half of the Psalms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, David, man after God's own heart, hunted down like a dog for half of his young life because he was anointed king. Good thing. I'll see your David and raise you one more. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. People ask the question. I ask the question. God, why do bad things happen to good people? Like, that's like a real question that we've asked for forever as human beings. Yeah. Jesus was the one truly good person to the core. Yeah. Like God in the flesh that had the worst possible thing happen to him. Absolutely. Like executed by church and state, public humiliation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but, yeah. We, but we think that like we can, we can skirt that, mm-hmm. that if we, if we believe right or, and I think that's a huge obst- obstacle for some people that they like tried to follow God and then whatever they thought their desired outcome was going to be, it didn't happen. Yeah. And instead of just, instead of letting that version of God die in your heart, not not the true God, but the version of God who gives you a hundredfold return on every offering. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, I thought that was true, but it's not. So I can let that peel off like scales off a snake and like, and still pursue the God who was there the whole time. But that version of God... Maybe you never existed yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we can just chuck the whole thing because we didn't we didn't have the control over our life that we wanted or that we thought religion or God or Jesus would give us. Yeah, and that tends to do one of two things. That either, like you said, pushes us away from our faith or drives us to look deeper and say, Okay, if I gave ten dollars, why don't I have what, a thousand bucks, hundred bucks? I'm great at math. <laughs> there we go. Um, you know, and so but what I think cause so I don't talk about this a lot because a lot of people think I'm lying or I'm just super weird. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I I had a miraculous healing take place yeah. in my life that yeah. I was getting lined up for surgery on my back. I fractured some vertebrae in my back, was losing feeling in my legs, um, and just had a moment where God healed me, and I have no explanation for it besides that. Um, so good. And so that, but that created in me an expectation of, well, if God can do this for me, he can do it for everybody else. He'll do it for everybody else and he will. Totally. Um, and here's where I've landed on that. As somebody who, you know, and I'm sure people listening are going to be like, yeah, whatever, okay. Um, who's experienced a supernatural healing. Um, this is how I, I've reconciled it in my mind. And, and, and like my opinion can change on this in a year. I don't totally. know. But I think as Christians, we get invited into what I, what I kind of call like tastes of heaven. Yeah. Where... As Jesus was on earth, he healed so many people. And it was it's a foretaste of what's to come. Totally. We, we know in the new heaven and the new earth, there's no sickness. There's no disease. And I think as, as Christians, we think like, hey, that, that should be right now. Mm-hmm. Like the hundredfold should be right now. The no more sickness, the no more disease, the no more poverty, the no more whatever. And, and what I think is actually, if you think about it, cool about God if I can say, if I yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, is that he gives us these foretastes 
into the greater reality, which is our greater hope, mm-hmm. that, that this world is not the final say, totally. that our life is not the final say, that when we, when we die, there is a literal physical resurrection waiting for us. Totally. We're invited into the new heaven and the new earth that God has where the, the glimpses and the tastes of reality, that we're, of future reality that we get in this life sometimes, that is where it's fully fulfilled. And, totally. and we see the, the complete culmination of all the promises of God in the new heaven and the new earth for, for us as Christians. And, and here's the, yeah, that's so good, man. And I, I think the other side of that coin is this, or two things that are on the other side of that coin, is all of us, whether we are, he, like, let's just continue on the healing thing okay. for a second. Whether we're healed physically in a moment or not, all of us are going to die. Yeah. You know, like yeah. at some point, something's going to happen where your body shuts down and you don't get healed. Like you can pray for that 120 year old all you want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At a yeah, certain yeah. point, we're all, so even those moments, right? We're all still kind of going towards the same thing. But here's the other part, man, is I, yeah, I, I agree with you on the, on the, the foretaste and the, and the, and that healing being a, 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 a sneak peek to what's ahead. But here's the other part. Have you ever seen the person who didn't get healed and, or the person who is chronically ill and experiencing the worst of pain, but somehow in that they have more peace and joy yeah. than you do. Yeah. The person seriously. who got your back healed. Yeah. But you see the person who's poor and, and going through hell on earth seemingly, but yet the fruit of the spirit is growing in them more than in you. Like yeah. it's like it's it's crazy how it works both ways. That yeah. God can reveal God's self through the healing or through the not healing. Yeah. Through the life, through the resurrection, <clears throat> excuse me. Or the death and then the new life that comes out of that. Like it's just it's just crazy to see how God can do that in any and every situation in different directions even. Like yeah. on either side of that coin. Yeah. No, I, I that's so good. But I think uh, to kind of circle back to the to beginning, you said something that I think is so critical to this part of maybe this obstacle is control. Man. When we when we become a Christian, I think there is this false narrative, either given by the church or just maybe just kind of deeply hoped for in our soul, that if I do this, then I'll get this. I'll have the I'll have kind of like the the master command control center of my life where I can determine my outcomes and get the best out of every situation. What is it about us as 20-something-year-olds? 20, 20 I mean, I guess for us, 30-something-year-olds. But this deep desire for control in our life and, and and how if we go into faith thinking, here are the keys well, to I, my life. Well, man, I think, I think it's probably just built into humanity at some level. But um, especially in the 21st century, like all we do is control our environment. Yeah. I get in my car if I'm a little cold. <laughs> yeah. if, I'm, if I'm a little cold, I don't even I don't want to be a little cold. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I I put on a sweatshirt or I just bump the thermostat up like four degrees. Yeah, right? yeah. And then so I can so I'm just if it's too dark, turn on the light. If I'm bored, I put this like I'm constantly controlling everything in my environment. So I think just the product of the technological age that we're in probably exaggerates that natural human tendency of wanting to control things, and we're just able to do it. Yeah. Most of the time. So then we enter relationship with God and we kind of bring that same stuff mm-hmm. to the table of like, yeah. yo, I just kind of, God, I really want to be married. So 
And then we find a way to 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 have God co-sign on our desire. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? And then, so we want to control it, man. I, and I think the thing that's been, you mentioned Ecclesiastes, it's been cooking me for the last six months, a year, just diving into that and reading it of just like the writer of that is just talking about like, yo, I've seen everything. I've tried yeah. everything. Like I've, in the one line that kills me, it's just like, I've seen the righteous die young and I've seen the wicked live long, prosperous lives. It's yeah. almost as if the writer is saying like, there's way less rules to what's happening here than anyone ever told you. There's way less certainty yeah. in this life. You can, you can try to control. You don't even have control. Like it, it's, it's, I believe it's completely an illusion. Um, and we try to manufacture it. Like, I yeah. think I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, but the truth is I have no idea. Yeah. I could get one call right now that would change my life. Like, yeah. um, and I, I have one of my best friends in the world that had just one of the best, worst things happen to him, man. Um, a couple of few years ago was in the ocean with his dad, um, having a blast, like ducking waves. They're right next to each other. Like as far apart as we are right now, four huh. or five feet. They both go under. My friend comes up. His dad doesn't come up. Never sees him again. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like, and they've spent the last couple of years just reeling from that. And there are way less rules. There's way less guarantees in yeah. this life than anyone ever told us. And that's what Jesus talks about. Don't worry about your life. Who, Which of you, by worrying, can add a single moment to your life? Yeah. If you can't even do that, if you can't, if all your worrying and all your control can't increase your life expectancy by one second, yeah, why worry about like the job? Why yeah. worry about the? So I think we see that in Jesus's teachings. He invites us to die to ourselves, to to not be that kind of person, to let go. If you want to find your life, lose it. Yeah, it's like wait, what? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's there. He invites us into a way of living that's like. Just re- it's almost like don't he, it's 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 almost like he's not saying let go of the wheel. He's saying there is no wheel. Yeah. There, <laughs> there's no nothing to grasp. You're, it's all in your it's all in your head. Yeah. Just let it go, and you'll actually find your life there. Yeah. So man, I think I think that's a big obstacle for people where they something bad happened to them, and they were like, man, the version of faith, the version of God that they that that exposes that they that they carried around was a God who would protect them from bad things. Yeah. And I've just lived too much life, only 34 years, but I've seen too much bad crap happen like that with my friend and so many others being a pastor where you hear about stuff that happens in people's lives. Yeah. And any version of God that just keeps all of the bad, like the person's like, I prayed for a parking spot and I got it. You're like, (laughs) wow. But this person prayed for their kid to not die at three from cancer and God didn't want to do that. Yeah. It's just like, bro, I kind of miss me with that. Like, I don't know how it works, but I, I know that that version of God that just keeps all the bad stuff from happening. I want to believe it, but I can't. Yeah. Um, again, it's an in, it's an entryway into a deeper tension of like, I'm not saying God isn't there. I'm not saying God isn't real. But that way of thinking, it, it has shown to not be sufficient. Yeah. And, and, and kind of like what you said, the invitation of Jesus is never control. It's mm-hmm. always to follow. Come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> and to like, follow, you can't have control. Yeah. The, Where are we going? The sake of, yeah, this, even like the the verbiage, the, the idea of following is that you are not in control. Somebody else is. And you you are just sticking as close to you can as that person as you walk out this life. And so, man, I think, 
honestly, even even almost more than the Bible, I think that maybe our generation hmm. looks at faith. I, I think they do look at the Bible, and, and there are some hesitancies there, but almost more is we live in this world where we, like you said, we control so much of our life. Hmm. If I want you to know something about me, I'll post it on Instagram. If I don't, if I don't want you to know something about me, I just won't reveal that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Totally. We have so much control of our own public relation, whatever. And I think when we get suckered into following Jesus under the illusion of this uh, will give me more control, wow, and it doesn't give me more control, then that can't be real. Jesus can't be who he said he is. God can't be good. He can't be. And it's like no, 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 no. You. You were playing the game with the wrong set of rules. There you go. You know what I mean? Like this was never an invitation. The Bible is not a book for you to gain more control over your own life. You <laughs> yeah, know? you went forward under the wrong assumptions. Like yeah, no one yeah. ever promised you that. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, going back, reading the Bible on its own terms, all, all that stuff is just so, man, yeah. I think so much of this life is clinging close to the person of Jesus mm-hmm. and and if you if if you're driving to work and you've got a, a coworker who maybe has experienced um, something in life that they that they maybe thought contradicted to God's word or they just thought that being a follower would give them more control, I, may, maybe answer this as we kind of we kind of wrap up. We're going going a little long, but I love it because we got <laughs> we got George here. Um, how do you respond to somebody? Maybe you sit next to at work or you got a friend who. I even hate using this verbiage, but tried out church or yeah, tried yeah, yeah, yeah. tried out Christianity or whatever, and and they had one of these moments where the life they thought they were going to get, the the life of the blessing, the hundredfold, the healing, or whatever, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. How do you, as a friend, sit with somebody in that moment in that tension, um, and love them the way that Jesus would love them? So good. I think if if you're in that in that situation, someone's sharing those experiences their beef, their doubts, their qualms. Yeah. You listen. Yeah. <laughs> I think it sounds so simple, but like I think my gut response used to be I would be calculating why they're talking, you know? Yeah. All right, all right. How can I square up these yeah, these things and make a straight line out of all these pieces? But instead, actually I would say the best response that you can do to be like Jesus is to listen. Like we said earlier, he was forty times more likely to probably ask a question than to give a response. Yeah. Um, if we could, if we could become experts at empathy and experts at listening to people's experience and why they had a problem with Jesus or church or Bible or whatever, and just soak that in, um, and hear them. Yeah. And not even try to fix it, just hear them. I think that that's going to do two things. One, it's going to it's going to build that connection with that person. Mm-hmm. At a deeper level, you're, yeah. you're, you might be the first Christian that they talk to that didn't try to correct them on what they just shared. Yeah, and you just say, "Dang, man! Like that's that's real. Yeah, that's real. I hear you. Like that sounds really hard. <laughs> like yeah. if I went through that, I'd probably feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like so, just listening and and caring, I think builds a connection there. But what it also does is it can it can force you to look inward on yourself and say, like, where might I need to allow and a fake God to die in my own heart. Like, where is there, you know what I mean? Like, is there something about what this person is saying that would help me grow in my own relationship with God or some false construct that maybe I've built that I, I might need to challenge or question? Yeah. Because we have, as the church, have gotten it wrong so many times over the past couple thousand years. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And in the moment, everyone thought they were doing the right thing. You know, crusades. Mm-hmm. Ah! Yeah. We all look at that now like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Slavery? Yeah. Y'all went to church and then bought people? Yeah, seriously. Like, and then we're claiming to talk to the same Jesus, the same God that I am. Yeah. And, and in hindsight, we can see clearly y'all were tripping. Yeah. Yeah. But in the moment, you can't see it. Yeah. And this is one of the things that drives me. And I know we got a rap, but like this is one of the things that drives me in my personal relationship with God is I'm like, I've got two little boys who are seven and five. And I'm like, yo, when they're like in their 60s or when they have kids and they dig up an, an old USB drive from <laughs> under the wreckage yeah. like, and they listen to one of my podcasts, one of my sermons, like what are they going to see about me that is so obvious to them that I can't see in the moment? Like, yeah. what am I going to be so off on that mm-hmm. they're going to be like, dude, how did he not see it? So sometimes we can be so quick to change other people's minds and want to remove their obstacles and want to f- answer their questions instead of figuring out in our own hearts, like, God, where might I be missing it? Where might I, where might I be um, creating a God in my own image yeah. and not following you for who you are? Yeah. So I would say, man, it's listening and connecting, not trying to fix. Um, that'll build your connection with them and it'll hopefully deepen your own relationship and walk with Jesus at the same time. Yeah, that's so good. I, th- I think so many times when we sit with people and we wrestle kind of it with their situation, we we have this idea of who we want God to be. Like, God, be like me. Here's here's how I would <laughs> that's do That's exactly it. right. You know what be I mean? Be like me. Be like me. Um, but kind of like what you said, I think if we allow God to be God and we— we allow God to define to us who he is and not who we want him to be or hope him to be. Man, I think almost in a, not not in a selfish way, but when you sit in somebody's grief or you sit in somebody else's wrestling, yep. maybe not only can you be there for them, you can love your neighbor as you love yourself, but you get to see a piece of who God is, who he's revealing to you, not who you hope God to there be you go. in so a moment. Good. So, so good. Man, George, we we could probably talk about this for two, two or three more hours. Exactly. You know, um, our, hey, as as we wrap this podcast up, I think it's pretty clear we need to have you on again, bro. We'd love to. Yeah, love talk. I can talk about these. We turn the mic off. Keep talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but man, just any final thoughts um, as we for for the person that's driving to their to their coworker, driving to work, you know, just just driving in their car, or whatever, running, listening to this. When we're talking about obstacles to our faith, following Jesus, um, any final thoughts, any encouragement, anything you want to leave somebody with as we as we wrap this up? Yeah, 20 seconds of encouragement, final thoughts would be if that's you, if you're the person that has those doubts, those questions, those obstacles, you're not crazy. Yeah. I was told forever if you questioned or if you had doubts that something's wrong, I would say if that's you, that's where you're at, that's where your friend's at, where your family is at, you're not crazy. Yeah. Like you're asking good questions. Yeah. Um, so keep going. Keep digging. Uh, because if it's true— you'll find it at the bottom. And if it's not true, you'll let go of a bunch of crap on the way yeah. and believe something that's better. So uh, you're not crazy. And man, just uh, as it comes to the people in your life, just be patient. God loves them more than you do. Just yeah. love, listen, and learn on the way. And uh, let's just keep going. This is one of the most, we're following an infinite God. And yeah. this is what makes me excited to do this is the tension. So so enter the tension and live in it. And uh, you're not doing it wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. That was like 40 seconds. No, <laughs> you're good. Hey, would you pray for us as we wrap up? Yeah, Jesus, thank you for this opportunity, for all the amazing people that uh, for some reason decided to listen to this. God, would you <laughs> bless them today? Allow them to go in your grace. And God, give us the capacity to continue to follow you, to wrestle, to enter the tension. And uh, thank you that you'll meet us there. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. George, let the people know if if they want to follow you, hear a little bit more <laughs> about you. Where can we keep in touch with George Towers? Bro, I started third? a podcast uh, a while ago called God and Stuff. Okay. A that's podcast a, that's about, an awesome title. A podcast about God and stuff. And stuff. You got to do the pause. Yeah. So, bro, yeah, on that, it's a little bit more of this stuff. We just, like, talk about random ideas, things about spirituality and faith, try to encourage some more nuanced conversations about these really complex things. Yeah. Uh, and there's some stuff in there, too. There might be a rant <laughs> or two about random stuff in culture, but it's okay. just a fun space where uh, we can have fun conversations. I saw you randomly did one. Was it on Willy Wonka? Grandpa or was it? Joe. Grandpa Joe. And why he's the worst character in film. Oh, okay. Can you give us just a sneak peek? What, what's, like, a... A 10 second why you think Grandpa Joe? Yeah. He's a freeloader. Like <laughs> his 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 daughter's working quadruple shifts at the laundromat for years. And then when Charlie shows up, he pops out of bed like nothing ever happened. <laughs> like his legs worked the whole time. <laughs> and then just throughout the whole movie, he's the worst influence on Charlie. Like sn- sneaking the fizzy lifting drink, signing contracts he doesn't read, selling the gobstopper to to Slugworth. He's just a bad and so many more. He's the worst guy in film, by far, in my opinion. Hey, okay, I'm gonna go check it out. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> hey, where, what's your uh, what's your handle on Instagram so uh, we can keep, keep tabs George on you? Towers underscore at George Towers underscore. Say awesome. what's up. If you disagree with anything I've said here, I would love to hear from you. Yeah, I probably got it wrong. <laughs> hey, well, thank you so, much, so much for, for your time. Me, this so much fun. Yeah, dude, we loved having you. Um, hey, for all of you listening, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you choose to listen on. Um, if you think this conversation could be beneficial to a friend, family member, give it a share. And then for all things Red Rocks Young Adults, you can follow us on Instagram or go to roa.org or I believe it's redrocksyoungadults.com uh, we randomly have two like tags for the same website it's all good. I don't know options how. <laughs> yeah options. options so if you're a .com or a .org person we got you so hey thanks so much we will be back with a new episode of the Y podcast next week love you guys have a good one